0: All right, well, those of you that are watching today, again, be looking. We are committed to you. But I want to talk today, just in the few remaining moments that we have, I'm going to talk to you about Palm Sunday. And uh, I feel like that would be kind of a good place to go and a great place to end, and we have a short time to get there. (laughs) Okay. So I want to talk to you about Palm Sunday. Now, I I grew up, how many of you grew up denominationally? Maybe you were Baptist, Catholic, Methodist. Raise your hand if that was you. Okay. Okay. And and, uh, how many of you, when you used to go to your church as a little one, that uh, they would hand out crosses on Palm Sunday? Do you remember that, those of you that are watching? And so, you know, I remember as a little kid, we went to the Lutheran church. My mom would would take us to the Lutheran church. And I remember uh, I would get so excited as a little guy because on Palm Sunday, I always knew it was Palm Sunday because they would give you those uh, Palm crosses. I think we ought to do that, Brent. I know we used to, but I, I think we ought to bring it back. Because it planted a seed in my heart uh, as a little kid. I didn't even know I was called a God. I didn't even know I was going to preach. And uh, I remember when I was in eighth grade, I was right down on 120th and L and I was riding with my dad. I used to work with my dad. I was in eighth grade. He said, son, what do you think you want to do someday? Do you want to take over uh, the, the gas station, service station business? You know, he was an Amoco guy after he uh, retired from the uh, Air Force. And I said, no, nah, I don't think so. He goes, well, what do you want to do? This was eighth grade. I don't know why I said, I said, I don't know. I I, I think I want to be in the ministry. And I said, I just don't want to wear one of those robes. (laughs) And he goes, why do you want to be in the ministry? I mean, it was a shock to him. But later on in life, you know, he he loved Jesus. He uh, he was all for it. But at that time, he was shocked. So was I. But I remember the kind of the seeds, mom, that was planted. They give me that little palm uh, cross. And I'm a little kid, and I would think, oh, it must be the resurrection power, because that green cross would turn yellow. And so I was a little kid going, there must be something holy. Now, you would think growing up in Omaha, I would remember that, you know, your grass is, is green in the spring and in the summer, and then it goes yellow, right? But I thought there was something holy, so I would save all those little crosses. And I, and I would have something on the inside of me that said, man, I want to know more about this. So, for years I have studied. One of my favorite subjects is the blood of Jesus. But one of my favorite subjects is really to study about You know, what happened around the time of Palm Sunday, Good Friday, the resurrection. And so I've dedicated my life to this. So I want to share with you today what I have discovered uh, historically, literally out of Scripture that really took place so that we can bring the Palm Sunday understanding to a whole other level in your life. So let's look at Matthew chapter 21 and let's look at verse 1. I think this is really going to bless you. So it says in verse 1, now, when they drew near Jerusalem... And they came to Bethpage at the Mountain of Olives. or the Mount of Olives. Then Jesus sent two disciples. Notice what he was saying. Go into the village opposite you. And immediately you will find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Loose them and bring them to me. Now notice you have a mama colt and you have a young young colt. How many got that? You got two. And if anyone says anything to you, you shall say, the Lord has need of them. Now, you can't use this going to the gas pump, filling your car with gas, saying, bye, the Lord has need of this. (laughs) Probably not going to work. Right, officers? Wouldn't work. They're they're going like, no, it's not going to work. So the Lord has need of them. Now, notice. Jesus is referring to himself as Lord. The Lord has need of them. And immediately he he will send them. And all of this was done. That it might be fulfilled. Which was spoken by the prophet saying. Tell the daughter of Zion. Behold your what? Your king. So notice Lord. Now he's being described as king. Behold your king is coming to you lowly. Sitting on a donkey, a colt, the foal of a donkey. Now, this is so important to know. So when Jesus sent his two disciples up to go get this mother donkey and and this colt, the foal of a donkey, you have to understand that he was riding, it says, on which one? On the foal of a donkey. It says it right here. And he's riding or sitting on a donkey, a colt, the foal of a donkey. Now, in the Hebrew, the foal of a donkey is the Hebrew word shamar. I think it's C-H-A-M-A-R. And when literally what it means is, talking about that little donkey, it means stubborn, hot, red, like, you know, stubborn and so red. It means uh, rebellious. <laughs> so here Jesus is riding on a hot, rebellious, stubborn donkey. Sounds like the Democratic Party. (laughs) Say what you want. Look at the proof. So anyway, I want Jesus not just to ride on the donkey. I want him to ride on the rhino. I want him to ride on the elephant. Ride on all of them. Because they're all rebellious, stubborn. But, but really, kidding aside, why did Jesus come riding in on a donkey that had never been ridden before? Now, that's a risk. We don't know that in Nebraska, because if we were to go ride on a horse and say, giddy up, you would hear, moo. We don't have real horses here. But, but this was a donkey. And Jesus is riding in, just so happens, upon a donkey that means stubborn, rebellious, come on, hot. Speaking of hot temper, you know. Why? Because what it represents is, it represents how all of us are in our nature. We need Jesus, our Lord, to sit on our stubborn, hot Red, rebellious, and troubled nature. That's another thing It means troubled. So why was Jesus riding on that donkey? Because that donkey represents you and I and the nature of who we are. Job 11, verse 12 proves it. Job 11, verse 12 says that mankind is born like a donkey colt, a wild donkey colt. That's what Job 11, verse 12 says. So every one of us has that wild, stubborn, troubled, rebellious nature that needs Jesus, right? And His Lordship. What did you do when you said, Jesus, come into my heart? Well, if you're born into this world with a hot, rebellious, stubborn, troubled, resisting nature, you had to get off the throne of your heart and say, Jesus, come in and sit upon my heart. That is rebellious, troublesome, stubborn, foul. Okay. Right. But there was another reason that is so important that you understand why Jesus rode in on a donkey. I get the nature part of it that represents all of mankind and how we are in our nature. But really, it had a redemptive meaning to it. So in other words, Jesus riding in on a donkey was to show us that even though we have a hot, rebellious, stubborn, trouble-like nature, we need, through His blood, to be redeemed from all of that. So that we could have a new nature that doesn't take on the nature of the donkey, but takes on the nature of the lamb. Are you hearing me? So watch this. So Exodus 13, verse 13 through 14 is very powerful. There are only two creatures, you could say, that could be redeemed by a lamb's blood. Are you following me? Am I getting too deep? So one, look at what one was. And every firstling of a donkey shall you redeem with a lamb so notice a donkey was the only animal that a lamb's blood would redeem it why because if job 11 verse 12 if they could put that up can you find job 11 verse 12 and then we're going to come back to this i want you to see it and i want them to put it up for those around the world and those that are watching for vain man would be wise Though man is born like a wild donkey colt. That's our nature. Go back to Exodus 13. A donkey was the only animal that could be redeemed. Exodus 13, 13 by a blood of a lamb. So what it's saying is, Jesus, the Lamb of God, fast forward to today, and fast forward to every man born into the world with a rebellious, stubborn, troubled nature, only the Lamb of God, Jesus, and His blood could pay for that nature. That's why it's mentioned. Now keep reading. And if thou will not redeem it, in other words, if you refuse to redeem your your donkey, then you're to break its neck. And all the firstborn of man among the children also shall you redeem. So the other ones that were redeemed was man. The lamb was, in the Old Testament, would redeem the donkey and its rebellion, rebellious, stubborn, Nature, fleshly nature, troubled nature, and mankind who has that nature. How many are getting it? So that's why Jesus rode in on that young donkey that hadn't been ridden before. But there's also another proof that this is why he uh, rode in on that donkey. I want you to look at a donkey. Look at the picture of a donkey and those of you that are watching. What do you see on the back of a donkey? So Jesus rode in on this donkey. What do you see? See a cross. Show the other picture of the donkey. So it was a sign of what the cross would do. Jesus would die on a cross to pay for man's donkey nature of rebellion, stubbornness, trouble. This is what Palm Sunday is about. Yo, or low, yo, low. <laughs> Modern Rocky translation, yo, he'll come here riding on a donkey, you know? I mean, no, 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 he shall ride in on a donkey. Man's rebellious, stubborn nature, only a donkey of mankind could be redeemed by a lamb's blood. And Jesus rides in on a donkey with the the image of a cross to show you that that's the method that he, as the Lamb of God, would redeem all mankind. (laughs) Okay, somebody got that. Now, let's look here. So... Verse 5, again, let's read it again. Behold, your king is coming to you, lowly, sitting on a donkey, a colt, the foal of a donkey. So the disciples went and did as Jesus commanded them. That's what I pray over my life and your life. We will do what Jesus commands us. Isn't that beautiful? And they brought the donkey and the colt and they laid their clothes on them and set Jesus on them. And a very great multitude spread their clothes on the road, and others cut down branches from the trees and spread them on the road. Then the multitudes that went before and those who followed began to cry out. Notice what they cried out. I want you to see this in verse 9. So this was 1,500 years. Every Passover, they would cry out on Palm Sunday, you could say. Every single Palm Sunday, if you want to call it Palm Sunday, but Passover, 1500 years, year after year, year after year, year after year, they would cry out. And here's what they would cry out. Psalm 118 verse 26 says it, but, and we'll, and we we'll, we'll, we'll look at Psalm 118, 26 and we'll come back to this verse. Look at Psalm 118 verse 26, blessed be he, notice it says comes in the name of the Lord. We have blessed you out of the house of the Lord. Now, they sang that song or that scripture passage, all of that. Go back to Matthew 21, verse 9 on this particular Palm Sunday. 1,500 years later, just like every other Palm Sunday, they are spreading their palm branches. They are are waiting for something. Okay, I'm going to tell you what they're waiting for. When the multitudes who went before him and those who followed cried, saying, Hosanna to the Son of God. Blessed is he who what? Comes. 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 Underline comes. I'm going to show you why comes is so important. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna. In other words, Lord, you save America. Lord, you save Israel. Lord, you save us. So for 1,500 years, every year, they were declaring Psalm 118, Hosanna, Lord, save us. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Notice he's coming. Now, I want you to understand something, why this is so important. So they would put out palm branches, and they literally would spread out the whole city roads waiting For this one, for 1,500 years, every year, blessed is he who is coming in the name of the Lord. Well, why would they use palm branches? Let's answer that question, Palm Sunday. Palm Sunday is about expectation and revelation of who it is that you worship. Expectation and revelation of he who you worship. This is important. So Palm Sunday is connected To worshiping and having a a revelation of who you worship. That's why Jesus in John 4, he sat down to the woman who was at the well. And he he said, woman, who do you worship? And she goes, oh, we worship at the mountain. And he said, woman, you worship, you know not what. You have a ritual of worship. I don't want Palm Sunday ever again to be in your mind a ritualistic, religious, traditional day. I want you to connect it with the understanding of who it is that you worship. I don't want Jesus to look at us and say, you worship, you know not what. And so he said, woman, the hour has now come and shall be that the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit And in truth. Well, when he was talking about the true worshipers, he was talking about the true worship that Lucifer understood, Satan. When he appeared to Jesus in the wilderness at the beginning of Jesus's ministry, he had a revelation more so than most Christians. A, because he was in charge of worship before he fell. B, he also understands what true worship is. Jesus said to the woman at the well in John 4, woman... You worship, you know not what. But now the hour has come. I'm going to tell you what true worship is. And he begins to tell her it's the worshiping of the Father. A worshiping of the Father in spirit and in truth. You know what those words mean? It literally means to bow down and kiss as it would be the feet or the earth. You're not kissing the earth, but you're in that humble state of submission and love. Lucifer or Satan knew that. He said, if you be the son of God. Matthew 4, Luke 4, I believe. If you be the son of God, bow down. Notice they didn't just say, hey, if you be the son of God, lift up your hands and worship him. No, Satan knew the power of true worship. This is why I'm telling you, don't be a palm reader. You know what a palm reader is? I'm not talking about psychics. Talking about you come in on Sundays and you're like, oh, why do they lift their hands? They're just lifting their hands and they're really not connected to God, right? Oh, they don't go back to that church. They lift up their hands. Well, don't be a palm reader because palm, y'all get that joke? Okay, palm reader, because there's something connected to Palm Sunday and your palms, your hands. Look at Lamentations 3, verse 41. It's about worship. Lift up your hearts. How do you lift up your hearts? How are you to express and show God that you have lifted up your heart? Lift up your heart with your hands unto God. So when you are lifting your hands, come on, let's do that now. Palm Sunday, lift your palms. You are lifting your heart. That's what it, that's what it represents. You can put your hands down. Thank you. You're lifting your heart. God, I'm lifting my heart to you. Now, notice John chapter 12, verse 13. So here it is, Palm Sunday, they were worshiping. So when they were putting their clothes down, their, their palm branches down, it was an expression of worship. So they took branches of what? Palm trees. And they went forth to meet him. And they cried, Hosanna, blessed is the King of Israel that comes in the name of the Lord. They were worshiping him. Notice what they were doing to express their worship. Palm trees or palm branches. How do you on Palm Sunday, what does Palm Sunday mean for us today? It means taking your palms, your hands, lifting your heart up before God in the same manner and worshiping him. Look at Revelation chapter seven, verse nine out of the amplified. So I believe that heaven is tropical. If I talk to Kat, she'd say, well, it's all different weather, not weather, but all different seasons. I've heard her say that, but I, I believe that it's mostly tropical. Well, Pastor, why do you think that? Because there's palm trees in heaven. I'm going to read it to you. After this, John the Beloved talking, I looked and I saw a vast host which appeared, which no one could count. And they were gathered out of every nation from all tribes and people and languages. And they stood before the throne before who? Before the Lamb. Now, this is very important. They were before the Lamb. And what were they doing? They were worshiping. I'm going to go back to Palm Sunday in a minute and I'm going to show you that they were worshiping the Lamb of God. And they didn't even know it. All right, are you ready? They stood before the throne and before the Lamb and they were attired in white robes. Notice what they were white robes and palm branches in their hand. Well, where'd they get the palm branches? They have them in heaven. I know at my mansion they do, Brenda, and you and I live together, so there you go, in heaven. I know there's no marriage in heaven, but he didn't say we couldn't live together. We're living together. I've already asked. God I've already said it's going to be. We are. We're living together in heaven. So if you don't like it, that's your fault. But Brenda and I are living together in heaven. Aren't we, Brenda? Yeah. Amen. <laughs> Glory to God. And She'll have 99.9% of the mansion, and I'll have just a little square <laughs> with trains. All right. And they were altered in white robes, palm branches in their hands. Who are they worshiping? The Lamb. lamb. So what is Palm Sunday about? Your worship, your hands as palm branches now, saying, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Go back to Matthew 21. Look here. This is powerful. So I want you to see what was happening as I close this message. In Matthew 21, this is so important that you understand. So for 1,500 years, every Passover season, this is what they were doing. Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. They were doing this. Why were they doing this? Because every year for 1,500 years, and including this year, 2,000 years ago, over 2,000 years ago, that Jesus was on that donkey, they did it every year, including that year. And here's what they did. So for 1,500 years and that year that Jesus rode in on a donkey, the priests would gather with the high priest. And they would begin to do this. Some of the priests would go with the high priest who was in charge. And the high priest and a few of the priests would go to Bethlehem. So while the priest with the few priests would go to Bethlehem, In the city, the other priests would gather the people and they would begin to say, are you ready? The high priest is going to come in just a moment, carrying from Bethlehem, the sacrificial lamb that would be, uh, would be sacrificed. The lamb's blood would be shed and it would atone or cover the sins of the people for all that year. So they would gather the people and say, come on, come on, come on. Blessed is he who, the high priest, who's coming in the name of the Lord. He's coming with the sacrificial lamb. Get ready, get ready. And they would fill the streets up with their palm branches. Are you ready? That's what the the priest had to do. He had to go and get the lamb. And he had to go to Bethlehem, which is the very place where the lamb of God was born. And that high priest with the other priests would go into Bethlehem and they would literally go to the feeding troughs. Where was Jesus born? In a manger in Bethlehem. And they would pick out a male lamb. What gender was Jesus? Yeah. Just thought I'd mention that. No confusion. And the male lamb, they didn't pick it up and go, which one is this one? It wasn't hard to figure out. So they would grab the male little lamb. And that lamb had to have no spot, no blemish, no wrinkle, no deformities. Jesus, as the Lamb of God, had no sin, no guile. Nothing was found in him. Now. They would grab this little lamb, the high priest would, the other priests, and they did this for 1,500 years, including Palm Sunday, that Jesus was riding in on the donkey. Now, this is what's amazing. The high priest is riding in with the sacrificial lamb, going, We've chosen the lamb to atone for all the sins of Israel. He's riding into the city like he did the year before, and they did for 1,500 years, and they're riding towards the city. The people, as they did for 1,500 years, are literally spreading their garments, their palm branches, and they're waiting for the high priest with the lamb to come. You say, well, how do you know that? Look at verse 10, Matthew 21. And when he had come to Jerusalem... All the city was moved. Stop there. Matthew told me between services that that word moved in the one translation or the Greek literally means to rock the city. To shake. The city was so shaken, like almost like an earthquake with the announcement and Jesus coming. Now, put up the wall of east, the east wall of Jerusalem. Put up the picture for everyone to see around the world in this place. So this is the wall that Jesus was riding towards. And they would open up the huge doors. Now, a lot of the depiction of what happens here, oops, excuse me, according to when I study history, is they always show it, you know, he was just out in the streets and he's riding in. But really, it was happening behind the wall. That's the part they don't show you. So all of the palm branches, the gathering by the priests was all happening for 1,500 years would be behind that wall. And they would wait and wait. Is this a year of the Messiah or is the high priest going to be the one that shows up with the lamb or is it going to be our Messiah? They waited 1,500 years behind the city walls. Put up the next, uh, uh, next graphic on that one. And you can see, it is also said, Jesus riding on a donkey passed through this gate on Palm Sunday in fulfillment of the Jewish prophecy concerning the Messiah. So here they're thinking it's the Messiah, or at least second best would be the high priest carrying the sacrificial lamb from Bethlehem, and and he's coming riding towards the gate. They're on the other side of the gate, palm branches, worshiping, blessed is he, Psalm 118. That comes in the name of the Lord. Then watch. Go back to Matthew 21. You can see it now. Verse 10. And when he had come to Jerusalem, he's coming in. He's coming towards that eastern gate. There behind the gate. All the city was moved. And all of a sudden, they opened the gates. And if they knew it was Jesus, why would they say this? Who is this? A... They were expecting their Messiah. They didn't believe that Jesus was that. Their eyes were blinded. B, you ain't the high priest, and you're not carrying a lamb. Wow. Who is this? Yeah. Jesus, you're amazing. You rock the flock, man. And so they opened the gates. Who is this? It ain't the Messiah. Yeah, it is the Messiah. It ain't the high priest. Uh, It is the high priest who won't just atone for your sins. He's gonna take the sins away, completely away. Well, where's the lamb? If he's the high priest, he is the lamb. He rides into the city. They open the gates. Who's this? It's your Messiah. It's your high priest. It's your God, the Lamb of God, who will take away all the sins of the world. That is who He is. And they finally said, "This is Jesus. Oh oh, this is just, I can see. Oh, this is just Jesus, the prophet in the Nazareth of Galilee." The kids figured it out. They kept worshiping, and then the disciples and others told them, "Hey, tell these kids to shut up." And they had the revelation. so the multitude said this is jesus the prophet from nazareth of galilee now you have to understand the reason they said who is this because they were expecting the high priest now there was a couple things that were going on at this time you have to understand historically to understand why they were so outraged and wanted to crucify jesus now So for 1500 years, the high priest goes into Bethlehem, goes to the feeding trough, the mangers, picks out the perfect spotless lamb and rides back in on a donkey. They open the city gates for 1500 years, declaring blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And now you got Jesus and the high priest had to according to the law. So he went up with the other priests that same Palm Sunday, picked out a lamb, and rode back on a donkey, except when he got to the procession and he got to the gate, they didn't celebrate him. Yeah. 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 Jesus had already rocked their, their, their world. Yeah. Now you know why they were mad. Now you know they wanted his head. Yeah. Yeah. How dare you. And notice who it was that was bringing all the accusations. The high priest you stole my thunder how dare you make yourself out to be the high priest how dare you make yourself out to be the sacrificial lamb tell us are you the Messiah BAM blasphemy you didn't see me ride in on a donkey like we've been doing for 1500 years according to the law carrying the lamb how dare you take that away from the people And yet, when they opened the gates, it was our our Messiah. Who is this? Oh, this is Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. And I can see his face in my spirit as I'm speaking. Oh, Lord, you're beautiful. Thank you. Just tell him, thank you. Thank you. Now, here's here's what's amazing. So, that's happening with Jesus. Jesus. This is happening with the high priest. They're mad. The other priests are mad. That's why, who was it that arrested him? (laughs) The council of of the high priest. But there was something also going on in history at the same exact time. So like Matthew pointed out, Matthew 21, verse 10, it says, And when he came into Jerusalem, the whole city was moved. It was shaken. Well, why was it shaken? Well, Jesus is claiming, riding on a donkey, they were expecting the high priest, they were expecting to see the sacrificial lamb, and now, why do you think they yelled, crucify him? How dare you interrupt our sins being atoned? And they didn't realize when Pontius Pilate said, do you want me to release for you Barabbas, or he who they call the Christ? When they called on the Christ to be crucified, that was the lamb. The high priest that would be his bloodshed. Not just to cover our sins, but to fully take them away forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. In fact, the Bible says in Psalm 103, as far as the east is to the west, because you can go north and south, you could find the pole and you can measure the distance, but you can't east and west. So quit bringing your sins up. Are you listening? Now, here's what also was going on. Are 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 you tracking with me? I'm almost done. If they could come to the piano, Pastor Doug could come. So at the same time the high priest was riding in, Jesus already rode in, spoiled their party. On the other gate, the Western Gate, in 30 A.D., Pontius Pilate had just been given jurisdiction and approval by the Roman government to come to Jerusalem at that time, and he wasn't riding in on a donkey. He was riding in on a horse, and there was horses with him. Uh, history says. Josephus reports it and so here he's got this this procession going Pontius Pilate because the Roman government they were you know Herod and all that, they were really really afraid of what Jesus could possibly do they thought he was going to over, overthrow the Roman government and he was going to become king. And so they sent Pilate down right at that same time. He's got a procession, and he's coming on the western side. This is happening on the eastern side. You can imagine why Jerusalem was rocked and shaken that day, Palm Sunday, over 2,000 years ago. So here, Pontius Pilate's moving in with his mighty procession. And I asked the Lord, I said, Lord, as I was studying this on Friday, as Brenda was junk daying, I said, God, why was it at the same time you're riding in, the east gate is opening, which is where Jesus is going to come back again, the eastern gate. And on the west side, you've got Pontius Pilate with horses and his his soldiers. Why? Why was this happening at the same time? And the Spirit of the Lord spoke to me. And I jumped up out of my chair, and my shepherds, man, they jumped up. and like, no, no, all's good. You don't have to attack anything. It's all good. Just... Lay down, but I was so excited it startled them because I heard the Lord speak to me he said Hank because I want you and people today how does it relate today here you had on the west side Pontius Pilate coming in east side you had the king of kings and the lord of lords and God said to me it's the same today God or government God over government. Yeah, we need government, but you need God over government and government to submit to God. Are you hearing? And so some people, they chose government over God, they kept their churches shut down. Right? Whatever the government says, let's just kill babies. At 28 weeks? This is murder. What is wrong with these people? Somewhere you've got to be about God and say, no. No, we won't stand for this. No, we're not going to stand for this. It's unacceptable. So, to close with this, what was Jesus when he came in and they said, Who is this? And of course, then they realized that this was Jesus of Nazareth. Palm Sunday is about the revelation of you know what? It's about who is God. You've heard about him. Looks like Jesus said to the disciples, Who do men say I am? Oh, hey, they rattled off a whole list John the Baptist, some say Elijah one of the prophets, and they went down. But only one man could, could answer him when he said, no, 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 no. Who, who do you personally, what revelation do you have? Go ahead and stand on your feet. What, what, what revelation do you have of who I am? And Peter <laughs> was the one. He said, blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah. Flesh and blood hasn't revealed us, but my Father in heaven. Because he said, you are the Christ. And so let Palm Sunday be the revelation of who Jesus is for you personally, and the revelation of how to worship him. You got to go deeper than just Your palms down, lift up your palms, lift up your heart, honor him. Palm Sunday needs to be about you are the Lamb of God who took away my sins and the sins of the world. Palm Sunday needs to be, you know what God, I'm gonna honor you and what your Bible says over man-made laws and government, amen? Father, I pray for every person in the sound of my voice. I pray that they were blessed by this word today. I pray that you would seal this word and cause it to grow as we come into a deeper understanding and revelation of who you are, Jesus. Thank you for riding in that day. Thank you that you would go on into the garden and you would surrender your will. And you would drink of the cup that you said, Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass for me. But Jesus, thank you that you didn't. We would have been lost forever. But when they opened the gates and they asked, who is this? We don't need to say that. We know who you are. You are our God, Jesus. You are our Lord. And you are the only one whom we serve. And our righteous Father and Spirit. We love you and we bless you this day. Bless the people I pray and protect them in Jesus' name.